We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everyone? We have the baseball show all ready to go for this wonderful morning, but Tyreek Hill got traded later in the day, so I assembled Cust and Jeff to talk about it. If you're just here for that, that's at the end. Hit the time codes. If not, sit back, enjoy the entire show, and there's some good baseball chat in there, and importantly, there's some good baseball value future bet talk in there if you're looking to get down on some MLB action. All right? Enjoy. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 MLB season preview, starting with the American League, as we go division by division, try to find the best odds at DraftKings Sportsbook that you can win some money on. If you're going to wrap your money on some futures for the season, you better make sure that there's some winners. So hopefully I brought in the right people, because obviously you don't want to listen to me on this stuff. But what I do need you to do is smash the like button for the episode in the comment section. Give me your favorite over-under win total for any team in the American League this year, and subscribe to Mayo Media Network. If you're a good person, you can also rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. That would be thrilling for me. So thank you very much in advance for doing that. If not, you're a bad person. You don't want to be a bad person. No, do you? Leave the review. Thanks. we got tons of content coming out for you. We'll do the National League at some point, full Masters breakdown. we got schedule breakdowns, free agency breakdowns already up on Mayo Media Network as well for the NFL. So tons going on out in the sporting world right now. Let's bring them in. The guys that I brought in to talk about baseball, to tell me who to bet on first up from FTN daily.com ftmbets.com ftmfantasy.com and the host of mean streets my friend your friend you know him well chris meany what's up what's up pat uh always a pleasure man to chop it up with you i love the studio looking fantastic there and it didn't seem like we were gonna get baseball i thought maybe we would get a huge delay but we're here we're just a couple weeks away from the season starting so i'm happy to, uh, to be here man thanks for having me and the host of 
fantasy baseball picks and bets on the Mayo Media Network. If you have not searched out that show yet, hit the playlist. There's like 40 videos up there, short form to get you prepared from the year. You can follow them at MLB Moving Averages on the Twitter box at theathletic.com for his baseball writing. John Legaza, what is up, my man? Big John. Man, Pat, I'm so flattered. Chris is right. The studio looks mint, man. Congratulations. And thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been really great. And yes, everyone, check out Cork Stats on the Mayo Media Network. Twice a week, we were throughout the lockout. I was a little more optimistic than Chris. It was a little bit of a wilder ride than maybe I expected. But I was saying 162 on time. I rode that tiger, and we were preparing the entire time. Check out the playlist. We're covering it all, man. Thanks for having me, Patty. All right, John, you were talking about this before the show, so I think we should just start with it, that you see potential inefficiency with some of these to make the playoff odds now that there's more playoff teams. Yeah, well, right off the bat, what's the first thing we always want to do is read the rules. And baseball has had some changing rules, which, right, let's start at the very beginning, everybody. So the playoff format has been expanded. So that's something I'm not even sure everyone is fully aware of yet. So we're moving from 10 to 12, and I've got it right here. So there's going to be six playoff teams per league. I'm going to read it to you. I copy and paste it so I don't make any mistakes, you know, being – uh, precise is very important. So the one seed is the best overall record. The two seed is the second best record among division winners. The three seed, the third best division winner record, four to six, three best records among non-division winners. The top two seeds get a buy. So I, I haven't really dug too far into it, but it kind of sounds to me like the NFL structure. But the thing that one bet, if you want to dive right into it, guys, man, I'm really digging these Mariners they're adding, which is always a very important thing when betting MLB futures. Chris and I often speak about this. We want to be, be getting behind teams that will be adding pieces and not selling off. We know the Mariners are adding. They just brought in last year Cy Young. They pitch. They hit. They have rookies on deck. If Kelnick steps up, they have Julio Rodriguez on deck. I'm not sure whether they're plus money, guys. DraftKings hasn't posted at plus 165. I've already hit that, and that's just to make the playoffs. Meanie, you're a fan of a team in the AL West. Are, are you scared yeah. of the Mariners or not so much? Yeah, I am. It, it just The Angels always seem to be that team that's just right there. And every year, this time of the year, somebody always just makes an excuse for them to be finally get into the playoffs. Is this going to be the year Mike Trout? I mean, he's made the playoffs once. You got Shohei Otani. I, I don't know. Big John, we can talk about this. And Mayo, I mean, you can touch base on this too. I don't know if I've ever seen like AL MVP future odds where number one and number two are from one team and nobody is picking that team to make the playoffs. And I'd be shocked if they made it, right? I mean, Mike Trout, Joey Otani, these guys are AL MVPs, yet nobody's talking about the Angels to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm on I'm on the Mariners. I, I like the upswing. Uh, they're they're a, a strange team over the past few years, right? They, they're they a team that's made a lot of moves. Uh, they're not one of those teams that just sits back and and let's play, let players walk or, you know, they're active through free agency, more so through trades. And they've built through the draft, like Big John is saying, Kelnick in there, uh, Rodriguez. So they have some players that are going to come up in the system. They get Robbie Ray, AL Cy Young winner. Uh, they were active, uh, you know, grabbing some some veteran bats, not spectacular bats, but a. Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Walker, like these are guys that um, certainly can can add some offensive firepower to, to the lineup. But you look at the AL West, I think you could just also say the A's just gave everything up. And now Texas 
they were big spenders in the free agency market. So they can kind of flip-flop. Texas is going to hang around. The Mariners are on the upswing. The Angels are a team that just kind of hang around 500, and the Astros are still right there. So I do see value. Uh, I see what Big John is saying when it comes to Seattle. I think there's value there. I don't know if they're ready yet, but there's certainly value on their win total and for them to potentially be, I don't know, the sixth seed to get into the postseason. Yeah, that's what we're looking for, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's jump into the divisions. American League East, the Blue Jays are the favorite at plus 185 at DraftKingsSportsBook.com. And we got the Yankees at plus 195. The Rays 3-1, to one, even with the Freddie Freeman signing, didn't push them anywhere near the top, although you know the Rays are going to be formidable because that happens every single year for some reason. The Red Sox 5.5-1 to one to win the AL East. 150-1 to one for the Orioles. Uh, that's a real long shot here. So you got four good teams and one absolute trash team in the American League East this year. Meanie, I'm going to start with you. How is it that the year that we move out of Toronto, the both of us, that they're actually good again? <laughs> I know, right? There was a moment when we were together, uh, working together, hanging out, watching some baseball uh, in the office where the Jays were okay, right? I mean, Batista and Edwin and Josh Donaldson. But yeah, I mean, this is they were never favored at that moment. They were a team that just squeaked into the playoffs and, and they gave a lot of people uh, you know, a fun ride, really in Toronto at those battles against the Texas Rangers. But this is a team that's absolutely going to rake. Last year, they raked anyways, right? Uh, They were one of the better offensive teams in the league. I still would have liked to see them, maybe not so much Freddie Freeman. I would like to see a better left-handed bat inside this lineup, but they're still going to score a lot of runs. They're going to hit lefties really, really well. You're probably going to see, I don't know how much better Vlad can get, but considering what Vlad did last season, and Bo Bichette and, you know, Teoscar Hernandez adding Matt Chapman, who, you know, I don't think he's a 210 hitter. But the big thing with Matt Chapman is he's a terrific fielder. He's a, a multiple gold glove winner. Uh, the hot corner is is something that he's going to do uh, command very well in Toronto. And he's going to add them some firepower, some some offensive punch. And he's a guy that's hit 20 plus home runs in three of his last four years. So you like the offense. They're going to be one of the better offensive teams playing inside that division, playing inside that friendly ballpark, uh, making trips to to Fenway, Yankee Stadium. Uh, they're going to score runs. They may be the best. They may be the best offensive team in baseball. Like there's there's no question about that. It's the pitching too, right? Jose Barrios. They lose Robbie Ray, but they bring in Kevin Gossman. Uh, I don't know how much left Hinge and Rio has, but you know he's a third arm inside the rotation, not a one. I believe this time last year they kind of viewed him as the one inside that rotation. Alec Manoa's got uh, a lot of potential as well. And I'm not a big fan of Yusei Kikuchi, but guess what? He's the five there, Big John. So this is a Jays team that I think should be favored. But at the end of the day, I don't know. We'll get John's thoughts here, obviously. I do believe that this is the best division in baseball, certainly in the American League. It's the most competitive. So it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I agree there. And that's kind of my problem why I have trouble backing the Blue Jays. But really the caveat is at this point of the season something again you and i have spoke about in seasons past chris that the market is going to move these prices are going to always be you know going through their natural progressions the ebbs and flows the peaks and valleys so i generally don't bet on the favorite because let's say the jays just come out cold it's a ridiculously long season and that odd could actually move in our direction so that's usually how i attack favorites and it's not that i disagree with you they are excellent you know i'm a tremendous yankee fan but i've got to be fair that lineup is absurdly good 
I think the bullpen might be the weakness. I think they need mm-hmm. to add one more person behind Romano, who I thought was very good. I actually thought they were a candidate to bring in Jensen. Not that you needed him, but I think they need to bolster the bullpen because of the back end of the rotation. Ryu has shown some hiccups and Kakuchi. I'm not sold on. Again, I don't think, you know, you throw the baby out with the bathwater for the Blue Jays because it's a five-starter, which is fair. But, man, if we're going to pay favorite odds, I like to think about where that price might go in the future. So, given the circumstances and the fact, I think a lot of this is pretty even. I Meaning, I think there'll be quite a bit of self-emulation in the division itself. Blue Jays versus Yankees. We always bet. We think about the betting board. You're not going to get heavy favorites. And they just beat each other up. I would take the raise and the money. That ballpark really suppresses offense and the Rays pitch well on top of it and we've seen that uh Chris with Willie Adamas we've seen it with Nelson Cruz the trop just eats up good hitters and I think that is maybe the tipping point that gets me towards the Rays just thinking they're on par with those other two teams which makes the plus 300 the most tantalizing on the board so if I was betting I'd be going with the with the flat fish I think so and Pat we like rewind the tape from the right here on Mayo Media Network last year, dude. Sorry to jump in there, but th- this is exactly what Big John said last year when the Yankees were favored and the Jays were kind of on the upswing and he talked up the Rays and the Rays won 100 games and they won the division. They were bounced early, uh, but there always seems to be value on this Tampa Bay team. And Pat, when you teed up the divisions here or this division and the odds, I think you basically said that. The Rays are this team that just kind of seems to hang around the betting market always jumps in on the Yankees. The Jays are going to be a hot team. Everybody's in on them for the future odds overall to win the World Series. I think maybe they have the, what, the third best odds. They're the second potentially uh, last time I checked. But it is, a, I, I, I know what John is saying. But also at the same time, as you see the, the, the World Series odds there, I mean, this is not a team that's going to sneak up on anybody. There's not a ton of value to, to jump on, on that right now. But if they do come out to a hot start, I, they could be minus favorites, uh, you know, before the end of the month. So there's a couple different ways to look at it. I'm in on getting, I, I, I would like to get in on them now because I do believe that uh, they are the team to beat in the division. Well, John, not all the time do odds reflect actual probability of a lot of this stuff happening, right? So the Blue Jays have made some splashy moves. They're young, they're up and coming. They are a fun team to root for. And you know, whether it's player props, whether it's fantasy baseball, people want Blue Jays on their team and hitting is just more sexy than it is with pitching. So yeah, I want a bunch of Blue Jays on my squad. You know, they're going to have five guys that hit 40 home runs or something like that. The Yankees value is just always going to be beat out because especially with DraftKings Sportsbook now legal in New York, that New Yorkers are going to bet on the Yankees. That's just how it's going to work. The people in New Jersey are going to do the same thing. No one wants to bet on the Rays, obviously. So are the Jays and Yankees overinflated versus their actual probability to win this division where the Rays are just unsexy, they're unfun, and no one really wants to bet on them? That's why they're three to one. Well, I think there's a lot of good info right there. Yes to all the Rays stuff. The Rays carry a bad team bias. They don't have a very strong fan base, and that's reflected in the price. To the Toronto and Yankees, I would tend to side with what Chris was saying, and it's that given the firepower and that they really could rattle off 12 wins right out of the gate, you could see the Toronto price move to where I don't think if they'd ever be really a heavy favorite because of the Yankees, and we know what they can do in short sets. But that 
that odd could move closer to even. So if you can get, you know, a 60% move in your favor, then I could see where Chris is going of at least beginning a position on the Blue Jays. I would not bet on the Yankees. I'm the biggest Yankee fan you could possibly find. My blood, Pat, and my son's nursery are pinstriped. And I just don't put my money there. There's no value. That that was a good pick by you. The Yankees are generally overinflated. And I don't even think it's necessarily a local thing, though I think there's an aspect of that. It's, it's I, I don't know if this doesn't sound mean, it's a square thing. We've had novices enter the market with the legalization of sports betting and new bettors, they bet big name teams and they bet the over, right? They don't bet the raise and they don't bet the under. So that's really where the sharp money has leaned. So, you know, in 6 million words or less, I think that's how I feel. Well, I, I would like to get your thoughts, both of you guys on the Red Sox too. Like Red Sox are a team that, I mean, the pitching is, if we're looking for value inside this division, last year they were, uh, they cruised past their win total. I think it was like 80 or something like that. They ended up with 92 wins, the same amount as, as the Yankees. The offense was was great. They bring in Trevor Story. Um, if, I know Big John, you're a big Bobby Dahlback guy, right? I mean, he's already this spring hitting bombs again like he did last spring. Maybe you expect a little bit more. Jackie Bradley Jr. back with Boston, one of the best defensive fielders in the game. Clearly, the pitching is an issue, but this team should stack up with every other team in the American League when it comes to offense, right, John? Like, plus yeah, 550, think... do you have any interest at all? Or, or maybe the over on uh, potentially their win total here at 85.5? Like, I think they can get back to flirting with 90 wins this year. I think this the Red Sox are a very interesting case, and they're probably a better example of what Pat was alluding to about taking like a probabilistic view. Mm. If you're taking a macro view at these things, 162 games, and again, Boston is an adder, right? They just brought in Trevor Story. They're not selling off. You could look at the Boston Red Sox as being on par with the Blue Jays and the Yankees and the Rays, and you could validate that. The Red Sox are going to even go into some of these ballparks and be – I don't know what plus 110 underdogs like it's not a heavy underdog it's basically a split so if we look at it from a certain point of view there, there is value with the red sox as i begin to kind of move right the camera one camera two as we as we begin to break out the electron microscope right from telescope to microscope that's where i begin to see a, more of the flaws in boston chris they have a very much i hate to talk about that other sport but they have a very much like an in Peyton Manning, Indianapolis Colts feel. Like, they're going to try and bludgeon their way through the regular season. I don't think they're going to have the pitching and the defense to get it done when it counts in short sets. Who's pitching for this? Are we, I mean, Michael yeah. Waka? Like, who is are we really going to put that up against Alec Manoa and Vlad Guerrero Jr.? And that's why you see those odds. I think the Red Sox are closer to the Yankees, frankly. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. I'm just trying to think through, you mentioned Trevor's story, they bring him in. Now, meaning, you know, I've been out of the fantasy baseball game for some time right now, but I do remember the first two years of Trevor's story, and it was like, hey, he's really good in Colorado and sucks everywhere else. Uh, is that still the case, John? Man, you know, we really got to be careful with, with home and away splits. One, because of the stabilization points. Also, they're humans, and they just could play better at home. Then we've seen evidence of people leaving and playing really well, DJ LeMahieu and Matt Holiday. And then as we learn more about ball path and flight, we learned that the ball is what's affected in cores, and that's why we kind of see all these subsequent effects. So it's really the break of the ball and that adjustment that hurts a lot of these players at home so much. I've actually heard the argument pack, check this out, 
it might help him not having to constantly adjust oh, to did, the change in did, did, did you Did you hear that from Sully, who lives outside of Fenway Park? <laughs> well, I, he's a wicked Sox fan, but he definitely knows his stuff. No, but all kidding aside, we really have learned a tough and I, a bunch, and I know it's kind of nerdy, but I think it just may be a little more nuanced than like home good, you know, road bad, home good. I think it's warranted to bring up, though, Pat. Like, you're right, honestly. Like, if you want to look at the numbers, I mean, for his career, I got it right here. 303 at home, 241 on the road. Last year, 296. This is just batting average, 296 at home and 203 on the road. Like, the splits are absolutely for real. Like, But, again, in this lineup, protection all over the place, inside Wait, that Chris, division, can I, can I in? that I would ballpark. say a lot yes. of that, too, is environment, environmental. The, AL, the NL West is very spacious, right? There's sure. Those are pitcher ballparks. Now going to Pinball Machine USA, I mean, everywhere. Even with the field adjustment in Camden, I think people are immediately going to see that that ballpark still kind of plays up. It wasn't just that one spot. Yankee Stadium plays up. Fenway plays up. So I mean, we know the trop really is a sinkhole for offense, but he will be moving to a pretty strong environmental upgrade yeah. if we're looking at context. So again, I all of the stuff you're saying is valid. I don't think he'll be as good on the road as he was in cores. But I think it just may be a little overstated. He's a very good hitter. Yeah, one thing we'll just add to that too, Pat, before uh, you know you take back over here, is that we we did see uh, most recently Nolan Arenado, right? I mean, he moved from oh, cores, and then there was that question, you yeah. know, how would his bat play in St. Louis? And, I mean, from an average standpoint, 255 is is – that's like – basically career low for him, but he still hit 30 plus bombs. He still drove in a hundred plus RBI. He was still very, very valuable. And from like a fantasy standpoint, uh, he returned value because he wasn't going as early as years past at cores. And, you know, he, he dropped a couple rounds, but he certainly uh, was still very productive. And I think that's the same way for Trevor story, especially for those playing in Roto leagues. Don't ignore him just because he's now with the Red Sox and he's out of cores. He's still going to contribute across the board. Uh, and he's going to chip in with probably 15 to 20 stolen bases, which is very valuable that we know because uh, not a lot of people are stealing these days. Well, we can we, we can talk about one of two things. Both seem like kind of a bummer to talk about. We can talk about the Orioles or we can talk about vaccines because the vaccine thing is real for the Blue Jays, isn't it? I think it's real for the Yankees. Big John well, may uh, want to touch on this, well, right? Well, Anthony just, Rizzo. Well, it's the same thing if anyone playing in Toronto, just there's regulations in between the border that – if you're not vaccinated, then you can't get in. You're not playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, we did a draft last night over at Sports Illustrated with, um, you know, Jen Piacenti ran it. We had a conversation throughout that draft about players like, uh, what, Rizzo. Judge. Uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, and we don't even know. Guys, we don't even know, do we? It's just, it's I don't just know. Very... Yeah, I don't know all the players. Those are just two that I'm that I am aware of. Uh, maybe Big John can speak on on those two players and what would happen to other teams that are going to come up to Toronto. And something else I saw on social media, I'll look for it again while John's talking, was like players dressing in the parking lot and not joining the team in the clubhouse. Did you see that, Big John? That, no, I don't, that tweet I'm not, that surfaced yesterday? I'm not even paying that either. It better not have been real because I can't wrap my head around that no, kind I'm of stuff. That, no, no, no. Ignore the, cha- ignore the changing of the clothes. That we're not going down that road. And without getting without getting political at all, I would just say I expected a little more consistency. I'm hoping common sense will, reason will prevail. Like, that's what I'm hoping for. There's still time. And living in New York City, and again, I'm, this is non-political, non-really uh, opinionated, just keeping it between the lines. We have been seeing 
mandates and restrictions lifted daily here. I mean, I, again, I'm just speaking from a parent with firsthand experience, having seen masks come off in school. Now they just the other day come off of the youngest children, and that had to do with vaccine stuff. So that's what I'm, I didn't want to talk about this stuff too much. But what I'm getting at is right now I'm actually not touching the Yankees whatsoever. I wouldn't even bet the Yankee over just in case because these things are going to be decided right on the line. You can't touch Judge. You just can't draft these players. And if you lose on it, you lose on it. Remember, 160 games is a lot, but losing nine is too many to sacrifice. You just can't sacrifice missing, you know, even if it's 7 or 8% of your at-bats. It takes all the counting stats with it. Plus, it could cost you weeks and head-to-head and stuff. I'm not going to wish cast that common sense is going to prevail as much as I'd like it to. So <laughs> right now, the answer is do your best to find out who is not vaccinated and just don't go down that road. Last thing is, if you do draft a player that ends up missing tons of time to stiff like this, it's going to frustrate you and give you agita nonstop. There's no point of going down that road. It's going to upset you and take a really fun experience betting and fantasy baseball and make it not fun. So I'm just not doing that. Yankees under. <laughs> yeah, listen, you you can't lean over if all your best players. I thought I even heard DeGrom is on the Mets list, I think. I, that, that well, it's weird because we because we don't know, right? Like, right. You right. you have these whispers, you have these rumors, and then the law could just be changed. And I mean, that's all we're really talking about here is: are they going to be on the field when we need them to be on the field, or for the win totals, for fantasy baseball, for player props, whatever it might right. be? And I could see stuff changing, but that doesn't mean that stuff doesn't change back in three months too. We've seen enough of this, right? Absolutely right, Pat. That's a fantastic point. That I'm, you know, I think because everyone is so happy about the recent news, we're getting baseball, the grass is starting to come up, that, yeah, it could go the other way. And you could see these things instituted. Pat, you are super sharp. I don't think I've heard a single person really mention the reinstitution. Now, again, we cannot predict that, but it is something to think about and probably another reason to just avoid. Yeah, it's just more unknown variables that could compound right. to something that could already go very poorly. Anyway, now, I think from like a fantasy baseball perspective, everything could change next week and everything is glorious and there's no problems here. Then you get a steal on everyone. I mean, is that a case that people are making as well? Well, it's happened a little bit, but players are really sharp nowadays. Someone is going to grab Aaron Judge and I just... Uh, live streamed a very high stakes draft with all types of industry folk and high stakes players alike tag teaming up. And I think he made it to the fifth round. So that's a 15 teamer, which is a nice discount, but don't expect him to fall much further than that. And I, I'm sorry, people, especially if Judge might miss all his home games. That's a big overprice, even if we're talking about pick 75. Meanie, uh, you got 40 uh, seconds on the Orioles. Give me, uh, give me something positive about the Orioles. Oh, wow. Uh, Cedric Mullins, great player. Uh, draft him. That's 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 really it. I mean, I, I like Mountcastle as a player. I think, you know, I have him in a dynasty squad. I'm seeing the the progression from him. He's got some pop in his bat. I, I do like him in that lineup when we're playing DFS. We'll, we'll talk about Baltimore as like the under underpriced lineup who, you know, could rake with Mullins and Trey Mancini and maybe Mountcastle. Like those are the three guys I think that really stand out to me when it comes to Baltimore. But I think what Mullins did last year, I, I fully believe in, in everything that he did. I think he's a terrific ball player. I think the price is right. From a fantasy standpoint, he can come at you with speed. He's got some pop in his bat. Uh, he was among the leaders, I believe, in hits at, at one moment, um, you know, late down the stretch as well. So that's all I got for for Baltimore. There's still going to be a team that we pick on in the DFS community. We're going to be picking on them in overs. Uh, I'm sure I know Big John is a, a first five guy, right? We eliminate the bullpens on certain teams. This is a team that 
they will give up a lot of runs. Last yeah. year, they gave up more home runs and more runs than any team, really, uh, I, I do believe. Don't quote me on that, but I know they were, like, bottom three uh, in terms of giving up power. So it's going to be a team that we pick on. They're going to give up a lot of runs, and, and their win total, what, 62 and a half? I don't even know if they get there. Yeah, John. I, I would, if I'm leaning, it's an under. Back when I used to do this full-time and cover baseball, Big John, that I used to love targeting these teams over win totals because they seem superficially depressed that, you know, it's it's hard to lose 100 games in baseball. It really is. Yeah. Not saying that they're not going to do it. They most definitely can from being 150 to 1 to win a division. Kind of leads you to believe they're not very good. But, I mean, you're basically betting an over-under and taking the under on 100 losses. It's a lot of losses. It's so many losses. And to get even money on that, the problem is what I was mentioning at the open about the trajectory of the team and the the few players that might get you to those 60, you know, to the 63rd win that we need in September are the players that are going to get shipped out likely. Right? Yeah. So... It's hard. Like, it, yes, it. We're we're not sold. They're gonna win sixty three games, but we need John Means and even like some of the ancillary pieces. Santander could get shipped now. Any one of these guys could get shipped at any time. In particular, the pitching. And to what Chris was mentioning before, what was super sharp about betting with Baltimore is applying the nuance of you don't bet the first five with Baltimore because the bullpen is so terrible. And that's the last point with the overpat. And that's where I struggle with it is relievers are the hot commodity at the trade deadline. If Wells or any of the guys pitching for Baltimore are any good at the break in the bullpen, they're going to be shipped off and no one is going to be there to even shut down the games that they're ahead late. And I've gone down that path. It can be really deflating but yeah, I do agree. 100 games is hard to lose. I just double checked. 5.99 ERA as a staff was by far the worst in, oh, in yeah, the bigs. So. And the bullpen was was right there too, nearly six. Again, by far the worst. Who are they bringing? Jordan Lyles, big contact guy, fly ball pitcher. Like his, it's just, it's not going to work out again in Baltimore. It's a lot to ask for, yeah, to 100 plus losses. But they lost 110 last year and, and their rotation of bullpen may be worse. Yeah, and the division's improved. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to learn new skills like to build websites, troubleshoot tech issues, or transition into a new career? Over 50 million people already know that Code Academy is the best way to learn code. That's because Code Academy not only teaches you job-ready coding skills, but also helps you build unique projects for your portfolio, earn certificates, and even prep for technical interviews. Finding the right career can impact your life in a very, very healthy way. Trust me. I know about that. When you find the thing that you're meant to be doing, life gets better. It doesn't get easy, but it gets a lot better and it gets a lot happier. And learning new tech skills could be the answer for people quitting as a part of the great resignation. Learn a new skill, all right? And you can learn at your own pace and get qualified for in-demand jobs. Learn coding languages such as Python, HTML, and CSS, SQL, JavaScript, and more. Are you not sure where to begin? Then Code Academy can point you in the right direction. It's an interactive platform that helps you learn by doing. And you can build your portfolio and get a certificate of completion to make yourself more marketable to future employers. Land your dream job in web development, programming, computer science, data science, and tons more. Join over 50 million people learning how to code with Code Academy and see where coding can take you. 
get 15% off your Code Academy Pro membership when you go to CodeAcademy.com and use promo code MAYO. That's promo code MAYO at CodeAcademy.com to get 15% off Code Academy Pro. The best way to learn to code. C-O-D-E-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com. Promo code MAYO. That's M-A-Y-O, by the way. All right, let's move to the AL Central. I saw someone posting spring training bets the other day, and it was like Guardians over something. I was like, who the hell are the Guardians? <laughs> I thought they were talking about, like, <laughs> USFL futures. I was like, oh, no, that's Cleveland. And it just This is how out of the loop I am on some of this stuff right now. Didn't realize the White Sox were so good. Minus 195 to win a division in baseball? Is that indicative, Meanie, about how good they are or how bad this division is? Uh, yeah, a little bit of both, Pat. Uh, a little bit of both for sure. I am a sucker for the White Sox. I won't jump on this price, though. There's no chance. But I like their win total at 91.5. I think that they can flirt with 100 wins. Last year, I, I thought that they were going to be a team that could do the same thing. But they, they had some injuries to start. Aloy Jimenez was hurt. Uh, he didn't really return to the lineup until the later part of the season. And then Luis Robert too, was another guy that just wasn't fully healthy. Uh, but man, when he was healthy, I, I don't want to put this on the kid, but I, I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of Mike Trout in him. Honestly, I see like a five tool player. Who's got a terrific bat. It's got some speed. He's going to be up near the top of the lineup. I love Tim Anderson. Uh, Jose Abreu is just a couple years removed from winning the AL MVP. He's a little bit older now, I think flirting with 36, but I still think he's got a great bat. Uh, man, up and down that lineup, they have a lot to offer. And I like the rotation, and I think they have one of the best bullpens in the game, if not maybe the best. So this White Sox team should be favored to win the division. They're, I would be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, this team, the, the one thing with them is can they get over that hump? They seem to make the playoffs the past couple of years, and then they're just bounced really early. But I like the additions over the past couple of years. This team has been on the upswing, just like when we talked and let off the show with the Jays and the Mariners. A lot of these prospects that they've had over the past couple of years, we're starting to see them now. And I don't think we've seen the best of a guy like Jimenez or Roberts. So, Big John, I, I know you're not feeling the minus 195 or, or whatever they are for the division, but I do believe that this is a team that's going to flirt with 100 wins. And this division is pretty bad. Well, yeah, I think you did a really good job kind of breaking down the division. So let's let's get to the pricing. So the White Sox are a much better example of what I mentioned with the Blue Jays earlier. If you like the White Sox, you're probably right. That 195 is not going to move against you until the second half of the season. There is no way that line begins to move into the two and three hundreds unless – they would have to be running the table while the entire division fell flat in their face when more realistically is the Twins, the Guardians, and the Tigers in particular are teams that have all improved, but people don't like. And they it's like they're – now they're not as good as the Rays, but they have that same stigma, the bad team bias, right? And people don't bet on these teams. They immediately hear – Detroit, up. Oh, Detroit's bad. Oh, Cleveland's bad. Minnesota is bad. Minnesota made a bunch of really good moves. They're actually very yeah. deep in pitching. That goes into the minors. They've got impact bullpen guys. They're not a doormat, you know. So from a probabilistic standpoint, I like the Twins at five to one. The pricing because they could just be a game behind the White Sox thirty games in. That's just not. I don't. I think people are a little too wild with the disparity in teams and how it's going to play out. So I would circle the White Sox looking to bet it if the line moved in my favor because I do think you're right and I do think they finish 
the job. But we don't know how the first 20 games are going to play out, and the future market's always moving. So I think there might be value opportunities depending on the outcomes. But how could you bet minus 200 right now? I, I can't do that. And even to bet the minus 200, like I said, it's, it's probably somewhat indicative of a little bit of column A of the White Sox are good. No one believes in the rest of these teams. But when you look at the American League outright odds to win, like the Astros, Jays, and Yankees are all favored above the White Sox. Like the White Sox are closer to the Rays than they are to the Yankees. Uh, I, mean, I mean, they're pretty close to the Yankees, but like they're in that in-between where... I don't know, like if they were really that good, wouldn't they be the favorites considering this price is essentially guaranteeing they make the playoffs? It's a pretty good well, point. I think part of that is the worry, like Chris said, not necessarily that it's that, you know, the teams can't do it. Not last year's team affects this year's team. But when you get into those short sets, people look at it, the big squads because of the big pitching matchups. And I'm not sure the public is quite, quite caught on to what the White Sox might be throwing at you in a short set, you know, it's Giolito, it's Cease. You could get Kopech game three. There's not a, bre- a spot for breathing room. So I like the White Sox making it and then being able to progress even further. So that's where I think the value is, Pat, what you just circled is in, right? So it doesn't really line up. I think you did another great job at the division price and the World Series price and the American League pennant price, I'm sorry are not congruent. They are not in line. And if you do believe in the White Sox, leave that division price alone. Get on the pennant price for sure. Because that 500, if they do jump off to a heavy lead, is going to come shrinking down fast. Yeah, 5-1 to one to win the American League, 12-1 to one to win the World Series for the Chicago White Sox right now. I remember for years, like when the Rays were that like bottom feeder team, but they had all of this pitching and they went five deep. And like the, the late aughts, early like, tens or teens I guess which just seems really bizarre to call it that right now because it feels like it's 120 years ago not 100 years ago when you start saying like the early teens but John aren't there certain teams out there that are a much better bet to make the playoffs but once they get to the playoffs it's like oh yeah your depth doesn't mean shit anymore you need to have those studs at the top even for a while the Phillies were like this until Hamels and Halliday and all those guys really got it together but you knew throughout the course of the season they went five deep as long as no one got hurt they were competitive to win every game and over 162 that's really going to play out in a five-game series not so much yeah i think boston is is boston is that example for me i I just don't see it at the top end and right now chris sale he has a rib he's going to be out at least what a month then he's got to ramp back up now we're talking about a string of injuries yeah i kind of like Hauken, like whitlock these have been more swiss army knife kind of guys these are not seven inning ten strikeout pitchers just yet i do think they both have bright futures particularly Hauk, i think will be an impact starter next season this year boston doesn't have what it takes to hash it out with man even now you know toronto is going to throw gaussman and i believe manoa is in that conversation we might even want to put houston in there we don't know exactly what we're going to get from jv and after that that rotation is not quite what it once was going back a couple years when you got cole in that game too how old is – hold on, hold on. Yeah. When you say JV, you mean Justin Verlander, right? Oh, Justin Verlander, yes. Justin what, what is he? still hanging around. What is he, like 70 years old? I think he's – well, Verlander is 38. I mean, he's had more surgeries than innings thrown over the past two years. <laughs> and it's funny. Now people are talking about that, Pat, as if it's a good thing because now it's, oh, we're past the worrisome phase after TJ and we're into the honeymoon phase where it's 18 months removed. I mean, he's had uh, groin surgery. He's talked about having to um, adjust his delivery in order to make himself more sustainable. 
I don't know, man. They're, they're, the Astros are hanging their hat on them as a favorite. You ask me why I like the Mariners so much. It's the pitching in Houston, and it's the injury worries in L.A. that I think opened the door for a team like Seattle. Meany, yeah, Verlander just turned yeah. 39. <laughs> yeah, wow, he's 39. Just, yeah. Just wow. like did, did, he, I, I'm assuming he doesn't throw 103 anymore, wherever the hell he was throwing when he first, when the Tigers made that run, he was coming <laughs> out of the bullpen. It was like, oh my God, who is this guy? Yeah, and, well, now, and now we're 20 years later. Kate Hudson keeps you young, Pat. Kate Hudson will keep you yeah. young. <laughs> it did look like a few years ago he was absolutely done. Uh, but yeah, maybe Kate, Kate Upton uh, gave him a little okay, bit Okay, Upton. Life. See, I'm so bad with celebrity. I smoke and miss. I mean, I'd probably be on team, team Upton over Hudson in 2022 at this point as well. It's, it's not almost fa- <laughs> We're not watching Almost Famous coming out in theaters anymore. But I don't know what any of that is. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so the White Sox favorite, John, you said you like the Twins. Is there any other surprise team here, Meany, that you think could make a bit of a run? No, I don't think so. Uh, I really don't. Like, there's some teams that are on the upswing. Detroit, right? We were talking prospects earlier with the White Sox and the Jays and the Mariners. They have a couple. They're going to be a little bit more competitive this season. But that's it. I mean, Cleveland has kind of, like, there's talks about moving Jose Ramirez. Like, that's a guy that could maybe be be shipped. And then maybe they're one of the worst teams in baseball. KC is... They got some, you know, Bobby Witt, but is he going to come up and 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 be a, a major difference maker where he they're going to be a competitive team? I don't think so. The Twins are really interesting, and I do agree with what John said. Like, if you're looking for value here inside this division for a team to potentially make it or even get their win total, what's what's like what's their win total here for Minnesota? Eighty-one and a half. Like, I could see that. I could see them being a five hundred baseball team. Yeah, yeah they were. They made a ton of moves in the offseason. Like, they, they signed Carlos Correa. Nobody saw that coming. They still have some power inside that lineup. If Byron Buxton can stay healthy, that's a huge if. But if they can give him, if he can give them 450 to 500 plate appearances atop the order, the lineup is going to score, and they're going to be competitive. Gary Sanchez got a lot of swing and miss, but he's got some pop in his in his bat. Same with Miguel Sano. There are some guys that, that can rank. I don't love their rotation. Like, Sonny Gray... I don't, Sonny. I don't know how much I'm really banking on him being okay. Dylan Bundy, like Pat, this is a team that if well, you're playing you, like you, MLB you, the Show you, franchise, you have like you the, the, the the 2011 like hot right. prospect all stars on this team. <laughs> right, that's right, absolutely. Like it's it's a team that just straight up made a ton of moves, and most of them were trades. And it happened with in like a four to five day span, Big John, where they were making they were making Mitch Garver's go. We'll get Isaiah Connor Falefa. No, he's gone too. Josh Donaldson is gone. Uh, so it is a it is a much different lineup. Urshela, a former Yankee, in there as well. I Did think that they'll compete team? offensively. They jumped five games in win total making those moves. These moves. You know, people saw Donaldson out, Garver out, but look, you know, they were they were pretty sharp. I think I like. The Donaldson move, but they were pretty sharp. They've actually increased that win total, and I, I agree. I actually think even with the boost, I think a 500 team is in the cards. Good call. All right. Do you do you have any other sleepers here? Because like, sometimes if these teams yeah, are, I do, I do. If, if they're loaded up with prospects, sometimes those prospects just turn out to be really good at a year yeah. in advance of when everyone thinks that they're really going to mature. And then usually, what happens is that they suck the next year. That's usually what happens with these teams. This year. And a lot of it is price-driven, which, again, is at the center of, of successful betting, of course. But it actually, it's the Royals. Um, part of that, Pat, is what you mentioned. They have so much talent 
bubbling nut and it's no longer under the surface anymore similar to what you said right it's right at the surface and we don't know exactly when it's going to pop yes the entire world is on to bobby Wood jr as well they should be he's phenomenal but it's more than that kyle isbell is an excellent player and he is really showing off in spring training right now if he takes that step forward he's a beast that no one's talking about nick prado at first base also so like that is not only oh they have this prospect it's a prospect right behind a weak spot in carlos santana they keep running out that they could be talking about major upgrades on one third of the diamond i love the rotation i actually think it's excellent don't get me wrong i know they brought in what they brought in is granky i actually think he's gonna be doing a little more mentoring because the royals might have the best young group of starters maybe like outside the marlins they really are very good carlos hernandez and brady singer and daniel lynch and jackson coar lots of touted prospects that a lot of people just I don't think are on yet. And Barlow and Stalmont in particular, I love Stalmont mm. in the bullpen. I think the Royals are the best three-phase team at the bottom of the board. Yes, it's going to be incredibly difficult for them to win the pennant, but it's 70 to 1. Hey, man, 70 to 1, you really don't have to bet much to get a big payday. Yeah, 74 and a half is the over-under win total for the Royals. Now, does like that, that does that feel like a really high variance one where it's like, oh, they lost 105 games? Or, oh, man, they're like 87 and whatever the hell it equals out to. Like, are, are they that type of team this year? Well, where I think my answer to that, Pat, lies in my perception of their trajectory. I do not think they're sellers. So that if I end up like on the fence... That's how I decided. I think, if anything, Kansas City is adding. If those prospects that I mentioned don't pan out, and they'll probably know by the All-Star break what they have in their hands, I think they're adding. I think Benintendi is in line to have a, a, a big year. I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like the Royals. And, and in particular, we're talking about price moving. 70 to 1 is an absurd price. It could easily move to 55 to 1 in a blink with not much happening. All right, let's move out west. Meanie, make the case for the Angels being the best team in baseball. <laughs> uh, well, they got arguably the best two players in baseball, right? That, that's in, a start. In Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. So that's a start there. Uh, they, they Clearly, health has been an issue for them, obviously. Uh, but even over the past couple of years, uh, you know, not getting anything really from Otani. I've started apart from last year and Mike Trout being hurt the past couple of years and getting really nothing from Anthony Rendon since he has signed there. This is a team that still finished inside the top 10 on, in offense. Uh, they got a lot of guys who can who can rake. They got some kids. Joe Adele, I mean, hit one. Uh, I don't know if Big John saw that one out, out in the parking lot on the highway there last night. Oh, he looks baby. good. He does look good. Uh, a small sample, but he looked good in September. Brendan Marsh as well. So you got the future outfield there with the two the two prospects with Mike Trout. If Rendon is healthy, I know he came out and was talking about his tape. Uh, last year he said go back and look at my tape the past two years I had no my back foot wouldn't even move like it wouldn't even get up I had no rotation you know he was this time last year he was dealing with groin injuries and back injuries he's kind of dealt with a lot of that over the past couple years but that's all I'll say like again I'll bring up MLB the show if you're playing MLB the show and you're turning the injury settings off this is going to be one of the best teams in baseball (laughs) they have a lot to offer offensively if Trout can stay healthy uh, David Fletcher, if he's going to hit a top of the order, if he's going to hit in the nine spot, he's one of the best contact guys in baseball. They're going to score runs. They bring in Noah Syndergaard. 
I I don't know. Like, what's the expectations for Syndergaard? Can he can he get to 150 innings? If he got to 150 innings, I think that would be a surprise to everybody. And to yeah. me, if he could pitch 150 innings, then he's serviceable. Uh, but that is a huge a huge ask. Uh, I what I like, Big John, what the Angels finally did this season is they bolstered the bullpen. They got some arms. They were able to uh, bring back Rasiel Iglesias, uh, Archie Bradley, uh, Tapera. They they finally have some, what, Andrew Loop, uh, who and Myers, is too, looks really, really, good. really good. Myers looked good. Yeah. Uh, Ty Buttrey, who just randomly, quote-unquote, retired last year. He was dealing with some some personal issues, uh, and he is back now inside. Uh, looks like he's going to have a spot inside the, the bullpen as well. So, I think they're I think they're decent odds. Like nobody wants to bet them because of the injuries, and they just say that they said Mike Trout has made the playoffs once. That's it. Nobody's going to bet that. But a plus four hundred for them. We just talked about the Astros being a little older and and their rotation. So many question marks inside their rotation. I think it's decent odds um, considering what they have to offer. But Big John, you know it, and everyone's going to say it. it's health, and that's what it's going to come down to with this team. But I do believe they're a team that go back to the win total. We talked about Minnesota being a five hundred team. The Angels at 83 and a half, they get there. They've gotten to that number of, I think, maybe seven of the past 10 seasons, getting really nothing uh, outside the rotation of the bullpen. So I think that they are much better and more improved this year. So the overall, I'm, John, the, John, the overall odds before you, you dump into it here and give us the value, it's minus 175 for the Astros. Four to one for the Angels, four and a half to one for the Mariners, eighteen to one for the Rangers, thirty to one for the A's. The the question before you jump in that I want to ask you are how dependent are the Astros on health? Like are they an injury or two away from just not being good anymore? Or are they fine? You, I mean, they kind of sound like the Angels a bit, where you're you're gonna get mashed. The lineup is deep, both sides of the plate, they hit breaking stuff, they hit fastballs, the offense is very good. The the bullpen in Houston might be a bit of a question now. Yeah, Presley is good, but it's it's what Norris behind him. And the pitching staff we mentioned is they have a lot hung on the back of a 39-year-old with, again, not a ton after it. It's, you know, Luis Garcia is, is nice, and Arquiti is a, is a nice starter, and I guess Christian Javier is going to step in. They've already lost McCullers for the seat, right? It sounds like I don't, I think his season's yeah, done. I guess I, I, think I, guess I, I shouldn't yeah. cast it on him yet, but he's he's out for indefinitely, at least right now. Yeah, the Astros are hanging on by a thread. That's another perfect example, Pat, of the team bias and how public narratives drag the price. And like you mentioned, man, it's not, the the price is not necessarily reflecting, reflecting the probability. It's a fulcrum, you know, to keep the book balanced. That's all it is. The Houston is a huge misprice here. I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. That's crazy. Do we like any value in this division? Is it the Mariners? Is it the Angels? Or is it like, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I would probably, because, again, the pricing, I think, is very weird in a probabilistic scenario. The Angels are 4-1 to one when they're probably the 1A. The Mariners are plus 450 when they're probably a 1B or a 2A. I would probably split my chips on the two of those. I think, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see how one of them doesn't, take the division down. I think the Astros, again, the offense is good. We're also hoping for a big bounce back from Bregman. He says he's healthy, but I mean, what's that? And they lost Correa. A lot of, a lot of moves backwards for Houston. So from a value point, I think it's, it's the angels and the Mariners. But again, what Chris said, the health is everything. This rotation I'm sorry, Chris. I I, I root for the angels because you root for the angels, (laughs) but it is put together with, I don't know what, I mean, Syndergaard, 
Lorenzen, even Sandoval had a uh, stress fracture in his back. Man, they're hanging on by a thread. And then after that, it's Berrio, uh, Berea, guys we really haven't seen in a while. I guess they're hanging on Reed Detmers, right? I guess you guys really like him, and he'll get some work. But asking a lot for them. I think with the pricing, yeah, Patty, I'm ended up on Seattle pretty much every time. One one thing I will say about when we're, we were going, we're walking through this and win now teams. We're talking about teams that are selling. I, I do believe that the window right now, as crazy as it sounds, for the Angels to win because again they've only made the playoffs once under Mike Trout is right now yep. is yeah. right now so if Joe Adele continues to smash or Brendan Marsh like these are pretty good prospects yeah and there's some reports and some rumors that maybe they could trade one or two of these guys for I don't know Cincinnati selling everybody Luis Castillo um, wow, maybe an arm like if they were to ship one of those prospects and I do believe that they would entertain that idea to ship one of those two guys to get a front end arm, maybe it's a number two behind no behind Shohei Otani, uh, wow. who looks great to start That's a spring. Good catch, man. Then like we're talking about them, the right? Then we're talking about them being a little bit more competitive, having an ace inside that rotation. Yep. I think it's very, very possible because well, Rendon is really older, cool. Trout is getting older. Yep. You got Otani here under contract before he's going to get paid in a couple years. Uh, Jared Walsh had the big break, big breakout season, which I do buy. And we'll see a little bit of regression in his bat, but he's still, a, he's got 30 home runs inside his bat. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I think that's a team. And if they, if that move happens, John, then we're looking at them as plus 250 or something like right, that. Right. Because then they can compete in those series. I just think I tend, because of all the betting we do around here, I tend to look at these things from that lens, even with Michael Lorenzen, right? Who's your number two, he's going to be an underdog to the Astros and Arcidi, let's say, even if it's a slight underdog, he's probably going to be the underdog. You want to, you need your number two to be the favorite almost anywhere he goes in the division. And that's not going to be, that's not going to be the case, right? We, I may be targeting to go up against the angels in those F5 with one of those guys in the Hill going sure. up against one of, you know, an E-Rod in Detroit, let's say, or somebody like that where people don't like the Jersey. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I definitely like that. I, if I were the angels, I would try and move from strength into weakness and get a big sp2 and that's a big step up for them let's move into the fun part of this future awards i'm looking at the al mvp right now you mentioned it meaning two angels at the top otani's three and a half to one trout's four to one vlad's four to one judge is 16 to one that seems kind of trappy doesn't it a judge yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know who would touch that and this this is the part of the the conversation I've been waiting for because yeah last year uh, here at the Mayo Media Network we did okay at this portion of uh, of the show with the AL futures had a Mike uh, had a Shohei Otani fifty to one and Big John had a Vlad at like sixty to one who was runner up and was right there and maybe if he won Triple Crown he would have won the MVP but I'm really looking forward to this conversation Big John because I don't know if if Shohei set a precedent last year like if he does anything similar this year to what he did last year is he not just the al mvp again like if he hits 30 plus bombs steals 10 plus bags hits 260 has 150 strikeouts wins seven to ten games how is he not the mvp again i i I just don't know uh if they were like okay we've never seen this before let's give him the mvp because in my opinion, and not speaking from a guy who watched Angels games, outside, looking outside at this, if he does what he did again or close to it, he's the MVP. Like, he's the most valuable player on the team. Yeah, he's two most valuable players on a team. <laughs> right. Almost. It's, it's, 
it was shocking. And again, from my betting lens, I break down these games every single day. And to watch his progression as a pitcher into the now like elite tier of pitching. So, you know, I do a lot of trend work, but even if we're just looking at this season on a whole, so from a fantasy perspective, which I know is not a perfect translation, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. He was the sixth best hitter and the 30th best pitcher. I mean, it's insane. That is insane to have the same person do that at the same time. Yeah, it's him by a country mile. It's amazing that there's a player like Vlad who hardly is not even part of the consideration because of how unique what Shohei offers is. And I guess if you're betting on anyone else, you're just betting on Shohei to get hurt. That's what it feels like right now. We got to try to find some value here, Pat. But I mean, I, I don't want to come in here with the favorite, but I just don't understand how. Yeah. Fucking chalk donkey Chris Meany. That's all you are. Oh, the favorite. <laughs> Does the favorite ever lose? No, never. I don't want to. I don't want to bet them. Big John's right. Like an injury happens clearly, and it could happen with him. It could be an arm. We've already seen it. He's had Tommy John. Like, I mean, fatigue could get in the way. Maybe they realize, like, okay, well, you can't do this. You can't be pitching to hitting all week. You got the Shohei rule now. He can come out of the game after he's done pitching, and he can go to DH. So maybe he, maybe an injury does happen. We will try to find some value here, but um, I, I would not say gonna lie. To, like, to your original point, and maybe this doesn't persist as much in baseball because I mean, everyone who votes on baseball is like ninety-four years old. So why would I change my vote? But we see it in the NBA from time to time that if you set this benchmark for yourself, winning it the second time is really tough because people feel exhausted by voting for you. We're seeing the same thing in the NBA right now where like Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid all are kind of hovering around having the same sort of numbers. But Giannis is for whatever reason like a double digit underdog to win MVP because he's won two. And people are just like, yeah, let's give it to someone else. And I realize he didn't win last year, but he has won those two. Let's give it to someone else. And that would probably make like, although Jokic probably deserves it, you would have Embiid being like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, I haven't won one yet. So they're like, oh, let's give it to him. So if he doesn't live up to it or even just, you know, is right around that number, you might look at like, oh yeah, Vlad was second last year. Vlad posted around the same numbers this year, or maybe even a little bit better, which would probably be hard to do, that you just mm-hmm. voters inherently, because they're people, and we're not basing this off any sort of metrics. The MVP can be interpreted interpreted, interpreted in any way that a voter wants to see it. That there is a human element of this. I do believe that maybe you don't give it to Otani unless he surpasses what he's already done. Yeah, I agree. And you, you bring up a really good point when it comes to the NBA, too. The NBA is is totally known for that. It's no secret, right? I mean, LeBron should have won three in a row, and they gave it to Derrick Rose one year just because, right? It was a new player, a new up-and-coming player, and they didn't want to give it to the same guy. So I get that. I, I'm just, I'm totally interested to see what these writers will do, though, again, just with Otani, and they were just seemed to be baffled on what he did and if he could do it again it, it does it maybe it's exhausted after year two or year three but if we're looking some, for some value here on the board I mean you got the Jays obviously with Vlad at four to one Bichette at 20 to one I talked up Robert I'd love to hear big John I mean big Luis Robert at 28 to one I, I think he is I think he's a tremendous bat obviously it's a really good lineup just like the Jays too though right like you can make a case for a lot of different Jays like maybe you can make a case for a lot of different White Sox here, but I think at 28 to one, like this is a kid that I think could get off to a hot start. And I think maybe at the end of April, mid-May, he's sitting at like 12 to one or 10 to one. He's only going to move up. We'll yeah, agreed. Agreed. And I think the two of you really touched on, I don't know the formula, right? And I think that's the point is the most important point at the center of this is there's a subjective element to it. There really is. I don't know if the word is like 
sexy or popular, but it really is. There are just players who fit the an MVP mold. And there are certain players that you feel like no matter what they did statistically could somehow fall short. I don't, I honestly don't know what it is, but I feel like that's part of the conversation. And I think Luis Robert fits that. So as much as for me, it's Otani by a country mile because it's so unique. Robert is one of the handful of guys that you could see doing it. I really think you need to be part of the big market and the big sexy team. I really do think that helps because the popularity and the energy around it feels like that's part of the decision-making because there's people behind it. Again, I don't know the exact formula because I'm unsure that there is one. But yeah, I, you got to be looking for big ticket names that have the ability to fly up the board. Chris, you've nailed it. Lou Bob, absolutely one of those guys. And if not for the restrictions with Judge, I feel like he's one of those players. We've seen him improve his discipline even some and cut strikeouts while adding contact we know the quality of contact for judge is through the roof he's a guy that could easily hit 60 home runs but not if you're only playing 90 games so i love the lou bob call because he checks all those boxes chris sorry to jump in here pat what do you think about wander franco you're a big tampa bay guy is it 18 to 1 is a bit much just because he's the sexy name like if the rays are the team that wins the division and they win 100 games this year franco i mean what he 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 came on hot he was great do you think there's any value at 18 to one with him? Big John? Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Say it again. I was with looking Wander for... Franco. Do you oh, think there's any oh, value sorry, in yeah. Franco? Oh. Is, is no, he, I don't think you, I don't you're think talking about big names, but you're also talking about on big teams. I don't think there's any chance. And again, I think he will grow into a precisely that man. I don't want to say archetype. Let's call mm-hmm. it. Um, that could win it. I don't think the lack of experience. I also don't think that the stats are there. I've had this conversation in fantasy quite a few times. I, I think he's a brilliant player. And I think he's probably the most coveted asset, maybe next to Juan Soto in dynasty leagues. But I don't think the maturation is there yet. I don't think the homers and the speed are there that you need to win an MVP nowadays. Meaning I think offensively, I think you got to hit 35 homers right now. Sure, you know, I don't yeah. think you could, I don't think you could bat, even if he hit, let's give him the top, the top outcome, and he hits 325. I don't think you could win it with 16 homers, even if you stole 22 bases. You know, I don't think that's enough to do it. I don't think the appeal is there. And that goes back to what we mentioned with the team bias, unfortunately. The same narrative and public perception that suppresses the price, I think suppresses his chance at winning the MVP. AL Cy Young, Garrett Cole is the favorite at the moment. Uh, less than half of the odds of Shane Bieber. So it's plus 425, 7-1 for the Biebs. Robbie Ray, who wants to know, 9-1. to uh, Giolito's at 11-1. to I mean, I, I'm starting to look at some of these. Nathan Eovaldi's on this list. Um, I, Ridiculous. Dude, he's 25-1. to Like, that, that seems super short, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I, not for me, Big John. I don't know for you, Nate Eovaldi. I mean, he's probably the Red Sox best pitcher if, if Chris Sales can't stay healthy. But, I mean, no way. I'd rather take a longer shot on Michael Kopech at 30-1 to as a guy that is probably just going to pitch out of the pen, but maybe midway through the season he's inside that rotation. Uh, Casey Mize, potentially. It, it's it's so tough to, to call a long shot for the Cy Young. Is it not, Big John? Like, these guys yep. – down the road here, like a scuble, like he's just not going to be consistent. Erod is, you know, moves to Detroit. It's a little bit of a, a 
friendly pitcher park for them, maybe less competition, softer opponents potentially. But uh, you really have to look at the top of the board to try to find some value. And I don't know, man. There's not a lot of guys that really jump out to me. Shane McClanahan is a name that I would maybe sprinkle, but 16-1 to 1 I don't think is fantastic either, John. Yeah, th- I, I, you nailed it with – and it's funny because we just had one happen. So I, I don't hope that's not too contradictory. We just kind of had a long shot win the Cy Young. But I think you got to be at the top of the board here. It goes, well, I'm not going to make the same exact argument about the narrative, but I believe that there's an archetype that I think you have to fulfill. I, believe it or not, I actually like the Eovaldi pick. I am really? behind Eovaldi this year because he's he has this injury-prone label now where everyone has to define their own you know, term. So for me, if you have 30 starts, you're not injured. For me, you're healthy. And, and you finish the season strong. You know, so for me, you have all these all systems go. It's wheels up. He goes deep into games. He has strikeout potential. The division is going to suppress his chances, but I think it's reflected in the price. So I think it's at least realistic that he's on a really good team. He's the frontline starter. He's in line for 33 starts and has all those things that I was talking about. Other than that, there's not much there. For me, it's probably Giolito. Maybe like that's what I like to look. For me, the answer is not normally in the top of the board because I would refer back to what I mentioned about the odds moving. You know, Garrett Cole, it's, the, the odds just not there. You might as well wait and see what happens a couple starts in. Even if it moves against you, I don't think it can move that much. And then at least you'll get to see that he looks really sharp because the one place that that price can go is against you, right? A couple bad starts, all of a sudden, you know, three starts is 10% of your season and 10% of your season that isn't perfect, really. This is what stung Giolito a couple of years ago. So I think he checks the boxes, too. He has a Cy Young right already under the belt. He's got the narrative. He's got the team. He's got the offense behind him to get him the wins, which probably shouldn't matter, but they do. So I think yeah. Giolito is probably my guy there. Is the Cy Young something better to bet in season once you can kind of get an 100%. understanding of their underlying numbers? Like, oh, this guy is going to at least, I mean, his numbers right now, like you can, I, I don't know what people are using in the advanced stat community these days, John, but you know, back in the day, you know, when old dinosaur Pat May was writing about analytics in baseball, I'd be looking at FIP versus XFIP versus batting average of balls in play. I know you guys are using like, swinging strike rate and you know a whole bunch of fancy new ones i don't even know about anymore but it, it does that give you an edge in some of these markets that you can find these guys like oh my god like this guy should be the best pitcher in the league he's not at the moment this is going to turn for him for me i would go by the board so pitchers at the very top even if i've identified them as partly a value i don't think it hurts you to wait and see because of the risk reward right? That disproportionate move you can have to the downside. Whereas if I've identified somebody at the back of the board, like if Chris really likes McClanahan, if he comes out in his first three starts or seven innings, 10 Ks, that odd is going to get cut in half. So I would be looking at the point on the seesaw they're at, right? Where that center point is and where the price can move. So bottom of the board, take your position now. And the top of the board, I'm, I'd probably be more patient. AL, you're right, though. Go ahead. You're you're right, though, because this last year we saw it with Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns wasn't at the top of the board. Big John, we didn't even mention him when we were looking at NL MVPs. I had a future in, I believe, midway through the season at 25 to 1 when he was still one of the better pitchers 
in baseball at that time he was there were some concerns whether he could last a full season like this was this was the most he had ever pitched how would his arm shape up heading into September and August would they go to a six-man rotation would they skip him at times they did but his numbers were electric so I think it's I think it's very important if you want to get into this market sure we're talking about big names here I love the Giolito call at 11-1 I think there's some value there but you definitely want to keep an eye on the first four to six weeks of the season to see which pitchers are really maybe some new pitches that we just overlooked. Uh, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta. I mean, they're two Milwaukee guys, but these guys came out of nowhere and they were top 10 pitchers in the bigs with terrific odds, even 10 to 15 starts into last season. So keep an eye on, on the first few weeks of the season. And there probably will be some value in guys that are, I I looked at Alec Manoa. I looked at Alec Manoa. I don't think he's going to win Cy Young, but I wouldn't mind sprinkling a couple bucks if he was 80 to 1 or 90 to 1. I'm not finding him anywhere. I think he's the most valuable Blue Jays pitcher inside that rotation. I think he's got a lot of swing and miss. You're talking about swing and strike percentage. I think he's got that on the resume as well. Like, that's a guy that I think, you know, come mid May, we're like, wow, Alec Manoa, this guy's 5 and 0, getting the run support. He's got a double digit strikeout percentage, uh, K per nine. It's not walking a lot of guys. That could be the issue, but. He could pop up on the board. And when he does pop up on the board, he's not going to be favored. He's probably going to be like 50 to 1. And there, there's going to be value there. Yeah, I'm probably going to be looking a little bit before that. My worry with, especially popular players and very good teams like Manoa, 5 and 0, oh, I think everyone's on, is on it. And I want to be a little, if I could be a little bit sooner, and I'm going to, I'm going to go to Pat's question, which was, is there stuff that we're going to be looking for? For me, definitively, yes. With some of the improvements I've made to my own game and pitching analysis, outside of even just something like velocity, I'm going to be looking for some shape. Hmm. Oh, no. John froze. That's never good. Now he's shape. got... Na- look at that shape. Na- now, now look at that shape up on the screen. Sorry, John. That's, That's uh... things that will show up in Savant <laughs> that are not really reported anywhere. You know, we might see Velo, but we're not... People are not really talking about you know, increased tail or, you know, flattening their vertical approach, attack angle, I should say, and those kind of things that we might notice. You mentioned pitch mix. So we start seeing a new slider right out the gate. A really good pitcher with a brand new slider is something we want to identify. Yeah, and you can always increase your tail if you just, like, lose 15 pounds, and then that number's going to go way up. <laughs> Trust me on Maybe that one. more than 15. <laughs> uh, AL Rookie of the Year. I mean, there's – I don't know who – I mean, I don't know who any of these guys are. I mean, you're the one running our the baseball segment of our, like, League of team here someone named bobby witt jr is the favorite he sounds like a nascar driver so that's great he's plus 330 um spencer torkelson is four and a half to one uh, is rookie of the year just an absolute crapshoot because is lo- a it depends on playing time for one thing and then you don't even know which guys are going to get called up super early on in the season if kansas city has a whole bunch of these guys wouldn't it be like oh yeah this guy all of a sudden is going to play from the second week of april on and he hits 38 home runs he's the mvp or he's the rookie yeah. of the year sorry yeah yeah i think you're, you're spot on i mean there's a lot of intriguing names on here i mean isbel was brought up by big john i like tristan cassis as a player but the red sox probably uh, don't bring him up just yet uh, i would imagine he's maybe a, a mid to late season call up i mean bobby witt jr we were expecting him last year certainly i was at one moment i thought maybe we would see him in, in the bigs but i mean hot start i saw a big bomb from him yesterday the swing looks absolutely phenomenal uh, he and I, again, chalk donkey meanie here coming in. <laughs> if I'm betting here, it's probably him or Julio Rodriguez. Like those are the two guys, number one prospect in baseball for Seattle, plus 750. Uh, you know, John's talking up Seattle. I, I like the pitching that they have in some of their bats, but 
Um, some of the some of the guys that they brought in, I I think you know we could see them you know in six months. Like how much of a role is Suarez going to have if he's batting a buck fifteen or things like that? You could find uh, maybe these prospects like Rodriguez get up a lot quicker. Um, Shane Baz was somebody I was interested in too, but he's got some di- he's got some issues right now, right? Big John in his arm, yeah, so I he think he's like a, a red it flag. Was a cleanup procedure they're saying is yeah, not structural. It's a red flag for me. But again, yeah, one, it's tough. It's absolutely a red flag. Plus, we know Tampa Bay has wonky usage issues. Exactly. They're very deep and they don't mind being very fluid. So you can't really expect him to be on time with five or six inning starts, which with Pat said, absolutely number one part of rookie of the year is playing time. You know, that's that's number yep. one. So American League, mine, it might be a little, I don't know if it depends, I guess, what circles you run in. I'm going with Riley Green. That's my guy. I'm going to go with Riley Green to win the Rookie of the Year. He's on a Tiger team where he's not the most popular prospect even. Torkelson is kind of getting the love. I think Green might be the more major league ready. He does a lot, a lot of balance. He was one of, I think, only three players in all of the minor leagues to have 25 home runs with 15 steals and a 300 batting average. You know, the big daddy loves that, especially in Roto. I have him on every single squad. I think he's being undersung. The whispers were he's going to start opening day with the big club. There's the check box for Pat just to give him the chance to compile it. And again, I think the skills are there. So opportunity plus skill plus odds. Give me Riley Green, that's that's my move this year. Big James Anderson guy as well. Riley Green, 12 to 1 to win AL Rookie of the Year at the moment. All right, we got to go rapid fire here to get everyone out. And of course, we'll be back for the National League breakdown in a week's time. So I just want names here. No odds attached to it. Meany, you're up first. The three division winners. Uh, okay. Um, White Sox, Jays, Angels. John. Pick. John. Yeah, see, I'm going off the beaten path. White Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, and Seattle Mariners. Okay. Give me a – well, who wins the – who is it going to be in the ALCS meeting? White Sox. White Sox are the team this year. White Sox over. <laughs> Don't shake your head, John. <laughs> I, it's just I put the – you know – I put the Rays in the World Series every year, so I'm like, I, I don't know how not, I don't know how not to. So I got, I have a Rays and Mariners World Series brewing. You, you have, sorry, say, okay. say that again. You have a Rays Mariners World Series pick. I don't think that's going to work. I mean, out I'm for sorry, you. Rays and Mariners pennant. I'm sorry, you asked the pennant. <laughs> I gave you World Series pennant is going to be um, Rays and Mariners for the AL pennant. That sounds like the lowest rating ALCS of all time. <laughs> well, not only that, if we, I think that. I'm going to have to look for some Brooks actually post the exact matchups. The odds for that got to be off the, out, out of this world. I got to look for that. Yeah. One. All right. Well, let's do a quick bets recap here. John, you said you found some value. You're in on some stuff already at DraftKingsSportsbook.com. What should we be looking at here? It sounds like that Mariners to make the playoffs plus 165 is one that you love. Yeah. I mean, You'll, you'll find, once I identify teams, I try not to get too cute. I determine how much I want to bet on that team, and then I would just divvy it up. So you're going to find I pretty much like the Rays throughout. I pretty much like the Mariners throughout, right? They're for the, all the same reasons that we spoke about. You're getting plus odds. And then I'm just going to, you know, divvy up my chips and kind of let the horses run on the teams that I like with value. Where are your futures monies lying, Chris Meany? 
Well, I got some win totals here for you that I like. I oh, kind of just mentioned them through, throughout the show, but uh, I like what Big John was saying with KC, 74 and a half. I like yeah. Minnesota over 81 and a half. I think the White Sox are a 95, 100 win team. 91 and a half is something that they, that they had topped last year with a lot of injuries, like the bullpen. Uh, 91 and a half, I'm taking the over there. The over on LA and Seattle, 83 and a half for each of them. And an under here, Oakland, 70.5. I would do this now. Oakland has sold everything. Um, what? Matt Olson gone. Chapman gone. They're not done. They're going to continue to sell certain guys. Uh, Sean Maniah could be next to go. Frankie Montas could be next to go. This is going to be... I know that they're always a team that hangs around, and we always say, how do they find a way to hang yeah, around? Yeah, yeah. Moneyball. There's this. There's yeah, that. Yeah. There's a pile of 50 crap feet of crap and then there's the a's i don't know i butchered that money line um money uh ball line but this is a team that is going to be one of the worst in the american league we were talking about baltimore and it's tough to take the under on 60 wins but this one here is 70 and a half uh that's probably one of my favorite bets on the board i love i really like a few of those i like especially i like the ones in the middle the ones like the kansas city 500 soda yeah you know just looking to be a 500 team Right, just yeah. baseball is played around 500, and I think that's where the OB reactions are found. That's a great job, Chris. Right, that will do it on the American League preview for the Pat Mayo experience. As John had mentioned a little bit earlier, check out fantasy football or fantasy baseball football. Check out <laughs> fantasy baseball picks and bets powered by Cork Stats on the Mayo Media Network. You can find all of John's stuff up at theathletic.com and follow him on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages. Chris Meany, of course, you can follow on Twitter at Chris Meany. You got that verified check right next to his name because he's not some scrub like myself. But you can check him on Mean Streets every single day, podcast or on YouTube, and over at FTN Daily and FTNBets.com. Experience! Tyreek Hill traded to the Miami Dolphins has just happened. People ask for emergency show. So if you're wondering why Jeff and I look so odd on camera is because we are in non-familiar locations. So we decided to use a Zoom background in order to put us both on the screen at the same time. Jeff, you told me that you weren't allowed to have an opinion on this. Well, according to some people, because two teams that I'm documented to not like make a trade, therefore my opinion doesn't count, especially when I say I didn't like the trade for either team. But we'll get into it. That's my initial feelings of it. It'll grow on me, I'm certain, for one side. But yeah, the Dolphins, I have a bit of a history there. The Chiefs, consider them my current life nemesis, and that's where we are. Well, there were two, I mean, this kind of boiled up out of nowhere, Hill going to the Dolphins, and I guess it came down to one of two teams. It was between the Dolphins and Jets, which means we need to bring on expert Jets correspondent and Dolphins Reddit correspondent, Tim Undercust. Tim Undercust. That's uh, not my name. First, let me say, I thought we were supposed to talk about the signing of Gerald Everett. So I had all these notes here about Gerald Everett. This is useless. Okay. Secondly, uh, Jeff also did, omitted the fact that his second favorite team was the team that didn't get uh, Tyreek Hill. So yet another reason for why he would have sour grapes uh, about the whole deal. Um, I can say for myself, I am delighted that this didn't go uh, for, uh, for the Jets. Just thrilled. 
I'm feeling good. This is the first time all free agency I felt good about and the Jets did. And we didn't even do it. We're just somebody else was stupider than we were and offered more money than we were, I guess. I don't know if you're being serious or just playing the oh, reverse I game. No, because no, I am serious. Literally before anything could like as soon as it marinated, you seemed anti the idea of this trade. And normally anytime the Jets come into our orbit or a big rumor, you're just very pro it instantly. And you were like anti it. I got the sense right away. So I couldn't tell that you're put on as the rumors continue to build were real or fake reverse curse, you know, all that. So I, I still can't tell where you stand, Tim. I'm honest. Where I'm standing is where I had been since I heard the news ruminating this morning, which is that if we're going to spend a ton of draft capital and invest a ton of money into a player, it's not going to be the sixth best wide receiver in football or something who, as you said, is just as much a product of his surroundings as he is talent. And also, you know, is a terrible person. And I don't want that to be like the, a marquee person uh, around my franchise. So, you know what? Good luck to the Dolphins. If only they knew how to not blow quarterback draft picks, they'd be the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. But they don't. And so they are, uh, you know, they've got a real chance to make the playoffs. Uh, they got Teddy B some weapons, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that uh, the, in some ways, good. They don't need the draft picks. They don't know how to use them anyway. The uh, Chiefs up great for Tua. They got yeah, the they, tackle. I mean, they've done so oh, yeah. many things this offseason. I, I love the co- I love every move they made this offseason up until this trade. But now that they've made the trade, like I, I'm, I'm confident this coach will will make it work. I do, though, believe like you have to question a player whose entire career. I feel more confident that Devontae Adams skills skills will translate to a new team despite playing with Rodgers than I do with Tariq Hill, who I I understand is a great line of scrimmage receiver, but a big part of what he does best. I don't know that the Dolphins can utilize and I'm not against the big swing with the draft picks. I like you, Tim, feel like. I don't know if this was the player. And last time we spoke, I said, any team who's got a receiver to trade, they're going to get so much for him. Because we saw that, that the deals early in free agency with the Williams extension and the ones out of Jacksonville. And anyone with the prospect of trading a receiver was going to hit a King's ransom. I do feel I'll like the trade a lot more for Kansas City on draft night. They're like, okay, yeah, makes perfect sense now. And they sort of replenish a draft cupboard. They are no fools over there. And the team that sort of copycatted the Raiders, you don't want to copycat the Raiders. Not for a worse player who uh, who Hill is compared well, to Montana. I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, didn't we have this conversation last year when we talked about the best receivers in football? Maybe I, maybe it was me and Diggs, and you said that Hill was so much better than Diggs. Like, where would you rate Diggs versus Hill right now then? I guess I actually would put Hill slightly ahead of Diggs. I'm not as infatuated with Stefan Diggs as it's more so the draft picks and the top of market premium position. Well, there's that too, right? Salary, I guess, in some respects. Like if I'm the Dolphins, this were this draft is supposed to be stacked. I'm not a film guy, but where they are in their program, like wouldn't it have just made perfect sense to move up a little bit and get the the receiver they covet? In, in the draft, I, I, but they, instead they, of they, doing all this? They did that last year. 
So they, they traded up, they got Waddle, they got the guy that they wanted, and now you add Tyreek Hill with him. I'm just very curious of what's going to happen, how they're going to utilize Hill in this offense. Like you were coming from an offensive coordinator who just made Debo Samuel into a half running back. Maybe you see some more experimental plays with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, for that matter, like out of the backfield, running sweeps, or at least letting that yeah. set up for deep down the field. Did you note, him that although the sample size is very tiny, that Tua was number one in the league last season in last season in deep ball completion percentage. What? Yeah, I don't believe that stat, but if it's true, it's only because <laughs> the corners are, were laughing so loud yeah, at for the him. coming in their direction that their sides were splitting in the ball. Is this like a guy that's leading the league in batting average, but he's like barely qualified for yes, being? Yeah, able it was. To it was four, for batting average. Tua was fourteen of twenty nine on passes more than twenty yards down the field. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There's a chance Mahomes had that many in one game last year. If I'm a Dolphin fan, I am super psyched. Elite playmaker, just got our tackle. I really do like this coach. I liked all the offseason move they made. Everyone they acquired seems like is capable of taking a handoff. They seem like they could be a very tricky team to game plan for. If the defense can return to year and a half ago levels, they can do a lot of things the 49ers did. And me and you, Pat, made Super Bowl props on that that team. They're worse still, even with this trade, they're still worse than all four teams in the AFC West, uh, except maybe the Chargers. They're worse than the Colts. They're worse (laughs) than the Texans. They're worse than the Bills. Uh, Like, where are they going? Uh, they're, They're worse than the Ravens. They're worse than probably the Browns. They're worse than the the. The Bengals, like the Dolphins, they, they have the volatility of being really that. good. Potentially, yeah, don't invest. Like, there's volatility in how good they could be. Like they could really spike. It could all hit to a like a rookie quarterback in year three. Like everything could click. I don't like the trade, but I'm just processing what's there, and I wouldn't be shocked to see it work. And and again, they could do what the 49ers did, and that's a team I'd certainly wouldn't want my favorite team having to play. I mean, like I said, I bet the 49ers win the Super Bowl. If you're going to mimic them, I can't insult that. There's I mean, just too many, too many good horses in front of them. I'm sorry. It, it was a lot to give up. They gave up the 29th pick, the 50th pick, and a fourth round pick, as well as a fourth and a sixth next year. It doesn't seem all that bad, to tell you the truth. It seems I like mean, a lot. And all the money that you have to invest in them as it's well. It's a lot. The money you have to invest, sure. But don't you talk about how the, the Jets are the king of the salary cap every single day? They have so much cap space. No, I mean, but, eventually you have to use this cap space rookie on Rookie quarterback. Rookie, there's extra, so much extra money there, like with the Chargers, like with the Jaguars. There's room to almost make a mistake with money right now and make a move. Um, so I can't totally diss it. Like there's so much money in the league as long as you're not didn't like totally screw yourself like a like a small handful of teams have done. Um, and this is what year three for Tua. So the way that yep. this deal would line up, it's four years, 120 million, 72 million guaranteed. So essentially it's probably just a three year deal, which would perfectly coincide with the end of Tua. If that's what you wanted with him, if they pick up the fifth year option, if not, they move on to someone else who's obviously still going to be cheap. So you can afford this for the moment. I, I'm what is Hill without Mahomes, I think is a really fun question to try to consider because Paul and I were talking about it in the office the moment it happened. And there was a lot of discourse like, Oh, well, they are, the chiefs will just replace Tyreek Hill with some other fast guy. But I feel like Hill's speed is the one 
it's so far beyond everyone else in the NFL in terms of how fast his actual game speed is versus the other guys who are just super burners. Like he does in real, in real time, his speed seems to be so much more damaging. Maybe that he loses that. What is he? 28 years old. He is 28 years old right now. 31 by the end of it. Like maybe he loses a step. Maybe he doesn't, who knows, but this is, this offense just seems like it has so much potential now with Waddle and Hill both yeah. running like weird mirror routes on both sides of the field. It's just a lot for the D and you kind of hit on it, Jeff, that these are going to be really tricky teams to game plan for. And in a stacked AFC, you know, having that element of unpredictability versus some of the other teams could be a real advantage. Like that could be your wedge into not, I mean, making the playoffs is one thing they're probably the second best team in this division now uh, with all the moves that they've made and still probably really trailing the bills and really trailing those upper, upper echelon teams. But we just watched the Bengals go through the playoffs and the Bengals weren't even all that good. But the Bengals have probably after Mahomes and Jackson, the best quarterback in the AFC. The, they, they do. They, the 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 Dolphins don't have that. They are capped by the fact that their quarterback is, and there is simply nobody on the face of the but earth. But they'll scheme the around it. But, but like that's what we're acknowledging. That's Sooner what or later, I... you can't. Sooner or later, that doesn't work. I don't know if you get Debo the way he did it in San Francisco makes me think. Okay, the Super Bowl, like winning the Super Bowl, beating three teams with elite AFC quarterbacks three weeks in a row seems impossible but being a very good team seemed very possible i don't know if that makes any sense but that's kind of where my head is at with patience for bad quarterback now, will be very, very i also very think good. yeah but you 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 hold on throughout the playoffs you made the case i mean i was trying to make the trey lance upside case versus jimmy g because i didn't think that jimmy g was good enough to get across the finish line he almost got them there he almost got them there before like is is Jimmy G some sort of like revelation over Tua? Probably not. No, but there's very little upside with Tua either. Uh, no, like, that's what I'm saying though. But if you made the case for Jimmy G and they were fine with Jimmy G, they could win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Why can't Miami do the same thing with Tua? Uh, at least Jimmy G had shown and continues to show some ability to be successful. I just haven't seen it from. Time I mean, this to is long. a guy that this is a, a Tua for all of his shortcomings has won seventy percent of the games he started. Yeah, okay. He's the greatest quarterback ever. You, yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. You don't bring in someone like Freddie Bridgewater if you're not if you don't have a very quick hook. That's because- a separate conversation that we can get to. But you can't because it's a whole dynamic. We've seen t- when Teddy shows up, it's like neon lights have told us who've watched the NFL in the last few years like that mm-hmm. there, there's hidden meaning or very real meaning behind Teddy Bridgewater's appearance. But I am just more curious of the fact that Two receivers who play with pretty much the player we consider the best player on the planet and the MVP of the league got traded for King's ransoms and got extensions. Not saying they're not great players. Like the skill of Tariq Hill is unmatched by anybody, as Pat was saying. Like the combination of of skill and how he can break down a DB. Oh, but there something has to give in going from those quarterbacks like it has to it has to quarterbacks or sorry receivers are more of a product of their system than quarterbacks ever could be so yeah it's it's the case that you should expect a drop off in production from both adams and from hill but it's also marvelous news for someone like juju smith schuster who i think when he's healthy is just a fantastic receiver he's fine uh, he's a fine receiver like he's quite quite good 
Juju failed as a number one in Pittsburgh. He's he's had success as a number two in Pittsburgh most of the time that he's been on the field, but he failed miserably as a number one. And he'll be a number two in Kansas City. To who? Clearly the number one. Who is? Kelsey is clearly your number one. And so Juju becomes the number two guy. And I think that's a marvelous setup for him. Yeah, it doesn't really work that way, though, because both those guys are going to be playing on the interior, presumably, that unless they bump Kelsey out wide, I think it's a different scenario. Andy Reid's a genius. Uh, he will figure out what to do with these guys. He, he knows what he's doing. I mean, just having Mahomes helps. That's really... A lot, too. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like Jeff, I don't like either side of the trade, really, but I like it more for Kansas City than I do like, for the Dolphins. I mean, if, you like, if you like worse. it more for Kansas City, they should have taken the Jets offer, which was 35, 38, and 69. Kansas City getting worse at this moment in time, like if I'm a Chiefs fan, just feels absolutely unacceptable. But obviously that building and something happened and he, you know, didn't want to play ball with them. And it's a deep receiver draft, which I'm sure they'll take advantage of. And that's why I don't want to kill them. Cause I feel like the like that first second round is going to end and be like, oh, I like that chiefs, that chiefs receiving core come next year. Like shit. And as the runners up on this deal, I think it now cements that with four and 10, one of those two picks is going to be a wide receiver for the Jets. Well, I mean, they already had a top five unit in the league, according to you. Why do they need more receivers? No, that, look, I, I'm very down on this offseason, down on, the, on on a lot of things. Ten. We could use another wide receiver because the one we took two years ago com- completely flamed out. Elijah Moore has all the skill to be a number one top 10 receiver in football, but he's not there yet. Uh, Corey Davis, if you stay healthy with Elijah Moore is a good start, but we need a, a another wide receiver. And we have the most draft capital of anybody in this draft. So I'd like to see us use that to get a receiver. I don't know about this off season. Cause it's, I'm not calling an end cause it's been crazy and things are happening. And there've even been some Schrager, Peter Schrager started a Keenan Allen rumor, which sent chargers Twitter into a fizzy. So, Mike Williams. No, but now hearing that, that ne- stop. Lock now hearing, Let me just talk now hearing this Tariq Hill thing coming out of nowhere today. It's like anything I've heard about a receiver maybe feels um, credible, I guess, to that regard, Tim, this has to be exciting to know because we were like, maybe not this season, but come the, the in the season or next off season, like the big name that wants to move, like the jets are going to be in on, and you just got to decide if you want to burn those bullets to a much cheaper extent. I remember with the Julio stuff last year, and it was the second, I was like, the Chargers got the cap room. The Chargers got the, the draft pick. Is this the bullet they want to like throw? Cause I know there's one or two in the system. I'm like, I, I don't think this is the bullet to throw. I'm happy. They didn't throw it. If I was a Jets fan, be happy. They didn't throw these bullets today. I would be. I just don't I see what this, I just don't see what this does for the Jets. Honestly, no. like the, the Jets, Best move is just keep building through the draft, build up your line, hope to God that you know, Zoomer Zach is actually like, okay, and not the absolute nut. Is he the worst quarterback in the AFC right now? Not saying that he will be, Tim. I don't want to throw too many stones, but to go through the teams, like, is it Trubisky and Zoomer Zach and Tua, I guess? Uh, yeah, Trubisky would probably be the worst, eh? Uh, that or Davis Mills, I guess, depending on how you feel. That guy's got a real long neck. Watch out for him. Good sneaks. He's so going to go over Glenn. the top. So did Mike Glennon. Yeah, I mean, 
certainly those there, and of course, uh, Trevor Lawrence is right there with them too. I mean, I wish I'm glad the Jets to make this deal. I far would have rather had Robert Woods for a half a peanut butter and jam sandwich, is what it cost the Titans compared to what Tyree Kill is. And Woods is like 85% of the skill of Tyree Kill. No, let's, let's not get crazy here. Woods is a fantastic player. They got him for nothing. Woods is a completely different player. I think that, listen, I would rather have Tyreek Hill a million times over out of a million over Robert Woods. But I think that the best landing spot for Robert Woods was Tennessee. Because as I've continued to say on this show time after time, that Robert Woods is still one of the premier run blockers at the wide receiver position of anyone on earth. And when you're a team that just wants to run the ball as much as Tennessee, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, no, it's a great spot for him. I would have liked to have had him. But uh, Tennessee is a great spot for him. I love, I don't think it's, I think the Jets and Dolphins up into the rumor, I love their off seasons. And I still like both of them. I loved everyone the Dolphins got. I love the coach. I'm a fan of like that part of it. And the Jets, I think, have done a great job. Like long dead are the days of Mobley and Le'Veon Bell. Like they've made a handful of really good depth signings that I think are going to set them up to be in a really nice spot with all the draft picks that they've gotten. Um, Despite Tim wanting to throw all his stones at me, I think the Jets have done a nice little low pro job. That's sweet of you to say. I'm still very disappointed. They haven't done enough to give further ammunition for Wilson. Yeah, but if if they're going to suck this year anyway, then suck. Well, give give him people to develop with. Give him some. You just said they're drafting someone at 10. So I'm willing to put a big fat eye for incomplete on the on the report card till the draft is over. But if we haven't uh, capitalized on you, some top tier, whether it be receiver or tight end talent in the draft, I'm going to lose. You that. got four picks in the top fifty. You can't grade. You can't even comment I mean, on well, giving. Them- I can comment. Unlike you, I'm allowed to comment. No, on sorry. I mean, like the concept of grading the offseason while you're sitting on four picks in the top fifty, yeah, yeah. two in the top it's ten. It's an incomplete. Like, nothing to. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's Dolphins Reddit like right now? Well, I sent you some photos earlier today, so you're very aware. <laughs> there are proclamations of the Super Bowl. There is this is so amazing. There's several in there just saying, ha ha ha, screw the Jets. Like they can <laughs> believe the Jets who have nothing. Uh, you know, didn't get to succeed while they did. Like it's a nasty place, as sort of I sort of went undercover to check out what's like a happy doing. place. It is both a happy place, but it's just like they're all running around metaphorically shooting off bottles of champagne and celebrating. Uh, that's what's going on here. I Go mean, su- Super Bowl, I, I, I mean, think about how excited you get when the Jets win one game that all of a sudden they're going to the Super Bowl. We've heard it every season that's for the past seven years on this show. That's the not guy, me what's that? That's not me anymore. That, oh, you're, you're completely new now, are you? I am a new man. I, I've been very stoic throughout this whole offseason. Had they gotten done, Tyree Hill... They haven't Hill, done anything. Not, what, what, what's there to had be excited Had they got Hill, you would have literally just lied to us, be like, I didn't want to get excited. I was playing it coy. I didn't want to allow myself to no, get I excited. No, I would have been quite agitated and come on here and said, I thought we gave way too much for a quarter uh, for a receiver who's just not worth it. Who's good, but he's just not worth the price. I mean, maybe they, maybe like the Mahomes, maybe it's just that transcendent. Like it will not matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, oh. maybe, maybe Mahomes was only good because of Tyree Kill. Have you ever thought about that? No, I mean, I certainly had lines written about going from Mahomes 1.0 to Mahomes 2.0 in this trade if he'd gone to the Jets. Like I had all that stuff for, <laughs> but uh, no, look, I hate the Dolphins. 
I wish them nothing but the worst. And, uh, you know, enjoy having spent Mike Williams level money on a receiver who, uh, while very good, just isn't, uh, isn't, isn't good enough to demand what I think is like quarterback level trade uh, of picks and, and money. So enjoy. Let's see. Oh, Marquez Valdez Scantling is now visiting the Chiefs as well. So there you go. Well, there, there's your hill replacement. Rap- there's your speedster. <laughs> talk about rap. Has anyone had a worse offseason than the Green Bay Packers? Has anyone turned themselves from Super Bowl contender to are they even going to win half their games this no. year? No, see, I completely disagree. They, they had a good offseason because they kept the one player who matters to them. They got nothing. They got okay, nothing. They, you know, they, they have something. They have the two-time reigning MVP. That's it. Losing him would mean you were not going to be good. 39 years old and doesn't have any receivers. Okay, we'll see how they do. Someone like the team like Minnesota is going to destroy them this year. <laughs> what about the Lions with who, who's the guy who went, who's the quarterback from Liberty that's getting all the Malik buzz? Willis. On the, uh, yeah, Malik Willis. That guy looks awesome. Yeah, he looked amazing in his in in, in his workout clothes. I, I'm pulling a Tim scouting report where I've seen like three throws and they're all amazing. I'm like this guy looks awesome. He, hey, he look, does. He does. With scouting that way. He does look. He does look very good. Uh, the Lions have the second pick. I don't think they're going to use it on him, but I think they will. I mean, I don't think they will, but I kind of hope they do because that means another top tier pass rusher doesn't go to them, and as possible as an availability for us at, at four. I need to mention a couple things. Okay, we have we have three minutes left on this record, so... Okay, so I'll go one minute. Last time we spoke, Tim was, like, very making fun of me about th- that I bet Charger Futures. They've plummeted. They've plummeted. So you can laugh that I did it, but the odds have plummeted because now they're in the mid-teens, whether you think they deserve it or not. Also, last time, you threw, like, nine stones at me, like, right away, unsolicited, and that was followed by the most aggressive week of Chargers free agency in my life. They didn't spend money like that since they signed David Boston. Okay. We don't do that ever. We haven't traded a draft pick in seven years. And it was for Cordali, the, the Ohio state quarterback for a seventh rounder to Buffalo. We're ready. We're coming. We're gas. So you, you're all gas, no breaks this year or the Jets all breaks, no gas. Uh, it's all car, no wheels. Our car is literally up on cinder blocks in the driveway. That's okay. But Becky will still be able to push it up the hill. <laughs> Look, he has not been performing, but that he did push a car up a hill <laughs> in reverse with the parking brake on. Like, you realize that the parking, you realize that if you had the parking brake on, the lights in the back wouldn't light up, right? That's not how parking someone had their work. foot on the brake as well <laughs> as the car was in reverse. Why would you have a foot on the brake with the car in reverse and the parking brake on all um, at the same make time? It that much harder for him. It's oh yes, that that, that must have been what's it's going called on. Resistance training, Patrick. Uh, we'll get more into this next week. We'll, we'll get back in studio and, and hash all of this out, but I want to get a quick reaction to this trade. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Because we literally have almost no time left here on our our real like homeless person record that we're trying to do right now. Thumbs up on Matt Ryan to the Colts or thumbs down? I'm two thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs down. Thumbs slightly up, but mostly down. Yeah. Well, like, what, what's different than having Matt Ryan than having Carson Wentz than having Phillip Rivers? I feel like they've tried this before. Yeah. It's basically, this is the best of the three versions. And so I guess they have a chance to make the playoffs with, uh, with uh, Ryan, but it's, it's, I would again, say River, Rivers was their best version. Debatable. It, debatable. But it's all around the same. They're a playoff-ish team. In a Jameson Crowder to the Bills? 
I miss him already. That's going to be a great three games for the Bills. I miss him already. He's going to be a great addition. Buffalo is going so far this year. Did they give him a <laughs> hamstring re- replacement surgery? If he's healthy, like Buffalo is never healthy. Buffalo's yeah. had the best offseason. They've they watched have. the they, they sit there in a division that wasn't competitive, hasn't been competitive in the offseason market till last night with the I Dolphins. I may have to pick them to win the Super Bowl. We may be at that point. Now. Jesus Christ. Well, sorry, Bills fans. I, Paul's not even here to like have a meltdown in real time by hearing this. Anyway, we need to get out of here. That was the instant reaction to Tyreek Hill. You guys good with uh, recapping all the stuff that we haven't recapped yet sometime next week? Yes. Love it. All right. Uh, Since uh, I don't have time for the extra. For Jeff, for Tim, I'm Pat. Smash the like. We'll see you next time.